You're listening to The Holdcast with Jack Grimsey and Robert Lintott. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Holdcast. It's episode 101 for me, Jack Grimsey, and my co-host, Robert Lintott. It's been, I think, 20 days since you last heard from us, and since then, Villa have just kept drawing. So I'm going to talk about that, talk about those, those few matches that we haven't spoken about in the meantime, talk a little bit about Roberto Di Matteo, the squad, answer a quick Twitter question, talk about the meetup last weekend in Chicago, and then run down that Preston North End match that's coming up this weekend. All that in just a moment. So, Robert, I think 20 days since the last podcast, we previewed Forest in on that show, and since then, Villa have played Forest, Brentford, Ipswich, Newcastle, and Barnsley. That was just the other day. And what's the one thing these all have in common? <laughs> They're all draws. They all made you want to go to sleep or oh my God. consume alcohol. <laughs> have you taken any joy in following this team lately, excepting perhaps the North American villains meet in? No, no, certainly not. And, you know, it's like before, at the end of last season, we we're like, oh, Villa aren't going to be on TV. Okay, that's that's fine. We're terrible. And then it's like Tony comes in and is buying all these players, and we're like, oh yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be really good. And you know, I've been okay with not all the matches being on TV to tell you. And the we've truth. been on TV a surprising amount too. Yeah, I mean, we we knew we'd get a good share of it being one of the bigger teams, but yeah, I've I mean, I didn't expect to see us on TV. And and of course, the ones that are on TV are not always the ones that I can see. You know, it's like the other yeah, day Barnsley. Exactly doing nothing and can't see it but did see some highlights at the end and yeah we'll we'll get to that in a minute but like we said since the last pod no wins for villa but five draws yeah because that (laughs) that episode i think it was aston villa need a winning streak i think that was the title or or something something like that and yeah well it's i mean it's been better than last year when we lost 11 in a row yeah i mean just think what we would have given last year to have five straight results of any flavor. Yeah, seriously. I mean, especially in the fall, you know, in the spring. Once it was done and dusted, it would have been kind of just kind of a tease. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. And I know we're going to talk about the manager later, but you've got to be feeling that we're pretty close, you know, pretty close to getting getting that win. And I think once Villa can can get one, get two, they're just as likely to get two wins in a row as they're to get ten, in my opinion. Yeah. Once once everything clicks, it'll be fine. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and you say they're really close. This is a team that is literally five minutes away in a bunch of matches from being second place right now. Yeah, like five, like five matches. Yeah. Five minutes. If if football were an eighty five minute game, we would be second place right now. Oh yeah, um, uh, it might be slightly. It might be third because uh, that Newcastle. We might have lost a point from there. Yeah, and I mean you're not you're not going to win all these, but you think we'd we'd probably have at least fifteen, sixteen points and be around eleventh or tenth instead yeah, of seventeenth. Yeah, I mean, yeah, in a usual set of circumstances, you don't keep losing matches or not losing. Sorry, losing wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. losing those two points. Really, I mean. You know, if we could have traded half the half the draws for wins and the other half for losses, we'd be in a much better shape. Yeah, I mean that would be 
what, let's just say three of them become wins, so there's six points added, four of them become losses, so you add two points. If you flip it around, you add, I don't know, off the top of my head, math is hard. But yeah, I mean, already, yeah, it's just a matter of a few points here or there would make this team seem so much better. But, trying to stay positive, at least there are still 36 more games. Exactly. I mean, there's, there's an entire season, basically, ahead of us. And to keep it positive, we've still got a uh, goal differential of zero. Yeah, exactly. So it's so, not like we're hemorrhaging goals or anything like that. Maybe not positive, but at least neutral. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it seems really fitting that a team that can only get draws has a goal differential of zero. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is appropriate. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's It really does... The frustration mounts every single match... But once it clicks, I think we'll get over that hump pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And it's, I mean, Preston, Wolves, Reading, Fulham, and then Blues. You know, that's those are five winnable games in a row coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, nothing seems winnable at this exact moment, but those are definitely matches where you have a chance. Um, All right, so let's let's kind of go back in a little bit reverse chronological order. I know that Barnsley match wasn't on TV, but we did see the highlights. Jordan Ayew, great solo goal. Um, I think he, I mean obviously he needs to share the ball a little more, but if if I mean he knows he can get it done. Yeah, absolutely. He took that that deflection, it deflected out wide, and he took it and just laid waste to the defender between him and the goal and then calmly put it in. It was really well played. Yeah, and you I mean, know, you could you could say that maybe that was a goalkeeper error, but I think he knew where he was putting that shot and as a goalkeeper, you're probably expecting a pass to tell the truth. Yeah. Um I think so. And he, the strike itself wasn't gorgeous, but it didn't need to be. He was like 2 yards out. Yeah, it wasn't like he flubbed it though, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, you just imagine Gabby Agbon Lahore getting into that position. Yeah, I mean, that's that's going over the goal. <laughs> um, but then in the 90th minute, Barnsley with one of their, I believe, two shots on target? Something like that, yeah. I mean, they had a couple They had a couple chances. I did see the extended highlights, and <coughs> Golini did look shaky. Like, there was one where I thought he could have came out and claimed it, but in a bouncing going out for, for a goal kick. Um... Yeah, it looks like they had a soccer way has given them as one shot on target. But I think they had two. Is what I oh, saw. Oh no, no, no. I'm reading this this wrong. No. There was they had maybe yeah, I don't know. Two shot two shots on target, but you know, Villa against Barnsley, Barnsley had been good at home. That was the first time I think they didn't win at home. Yeah. And you know, sorry, just, they lost. They lost to Reading the last time out, but they started the season with three straight home wins, and they have ten points at home, which is as many points as Villa have. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, to hold them to that draw is fine. I didn't think I didn't want to pin that last goal on Golini too much. He came out just like you would expect a keeper to do on a corner. The problem was it was so crowded in the box he couldn't get back to his line in time, and they were able to get to it because it bounced around a little from him. I don't yeah, think it was the yeah, smartest was play I've ever seen from a keeper, but it also wasn't anything that's a damning piece of evidence against Golini. No, it wasn't just totally flapping or something. But I don't know. If I think if you're the defender on the line there, you should just catch the ball and take the handball. <laughs> everyone says that, and yet no one will ever do that. 
No, you probably you probably wouldn't, and maybe not in the moment, but yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe Golini saves a penalty. I don't know. Don't you get a straight red for that too? Yeah. Yeah. Can Villa really stand to have a uh, yet another defender on a suspension? I mean, we're prob- not going to have Leandro Bakuna next match. Probably not, because even if Elphick is going to score some own goals, <laughs> and I don't know, Elphick, he's okay, but. Yeah, he's not been doing it for me. After the first couple of matches, he looked like he was going to be really solid, but he's just blood and thunder. Um, I think he's okay as a third center back when you have a, a formation that uses two center backs. Yeah, he he just his decision making has not been great, um, and he's been too easy to give get the ball away from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, yeah, and like you're saying, decision-making, some of that's pumping the ball up the field and just losing possession. Yeah, exactly. It's not how we wanted him to be playing, and it's not what we saw in those first couple of matches either. No, it's not like, oh, this is the captain who's going to be the savior to carry us on his own back to the Premier League. But, yeah, so let, speaking of that own goal, let's go back to that Newcastle match and... I mean, it wasn't an own goal of a Cora quality or of um, Stephen know. Warnock heading it back towards the goal. I I disagree. I thought that was one of the best struck balls I've seen all year. <laughs> it was a beautiful freaking goal. It was just unfortunately 110 yards away from where it should have been. Yeah, and or however long. Gonna the pitch gonna is. talk about that. The North American villains meet up the night before, but maybe. I actually jinxed us because in the match we're playing we're playing a game against the local the pub team the Villa fans against the Globe Pub, and I actually almost scored an own goal. Was running back on defense and tried to just clear it out for a corner, but didn't didn't get there soon enough. So it kind of just hit off the top of my shoe and like went like one mile an hour into in the air to our own goalie. And yeah. these people walking by were like, oh, that was almost a nice own goal. I was like, yeah, that, that really would have been a fill-out goal. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, it just, I mean, that was the match that really exposed him, I thought. He, to me, especially in that first half against Newcastle, lost the ball about four times, had the own goal, or didn't have the own goal. Um, it, it just, everything about his performance in that in that half and in that match was of horrible quality. Yeah, yeah, and you know, this is the thing that's about the championship that's really starting to annoy me is like we don't have these more of advanced stats and things like that to look at all the giveaway. You know, like four four two stats, and you get all the opta data, and they're really easily accessible, and you can see turn who turned it over, where, whatever. Like it's 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 harder to find now. Yeah, it is, but just by the eye test, he was absolute garbage, and. Come halftime, uh, we switched from three central defenders to two, and it absolutely made sense that he would be the one coming off. But of course, it wasn't. It was Nathan. One perplexing they've seen in a while, with a lot of people saying you can't sub out your captain at the half. Yeah, and the only reason I think you couldn't take off Elphick was because Baker had just picked up yellow in the forty-fourth. Chester had one in the forty-first, and if you know, you got to get. One of your central, you can't leave two central defenders in on yellows. I don't know. I think I would argue that leaving Elf again was more dangerous, given the way he had been playing. 
That's true. I mean, maybe he is as likely to get a straight red as either of those two yeah, to get a second he, yellow. He was he was Desperate. playing horribly. And and the argument that you can't sub your captain, I think the strong counter argument there is your captain can't play like absolute garbage. How long has he been the captain? You know, it's not like he's you know he hasn't been yeah. there for more than two months. It's it's not like this is you know someone who's been with the club for seven years exactly and has exactly been the for six of those or something. Yeah, yeah you can sub off the captain. It's fine. Bad argument. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but you know, Villa managed to flip the script somehow and take back a goal in the late going. Yeah, and, and really, more importantly, I think looked significantly better in the second half than the first. And yeah, you were trying out a, a three at the back, a new formation, whatever. Should have been trying that out in preseason, but. Mm-hmm. You know, give it a go. It didn't work. But it doesn't mean you just throw it away. It means you maybe play it without Elphick or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Try some Try different to... personnel. We have a, it's a big squad. <laughs> Although I'm starting to wonder about our defense depth. It's a shrinking squad in, in the defensive area. Oh, all right. So let's let's rewind another match, go back to Ipswich, nil-nil. <laughs> Who cares? It, it that happened. Was... It happened. In oh, case you missed it. Horrible. Hopefully you missed it. Um, and then we'll go back to Brentford, which featured Jonathan Coach's first goal. It was actually a pretty solid goal. Yeah, it was a lovely goal, and uh, it looked ready to have given us the win again. Yeah, it was too early, though. It was too early to give us a win. It was only 19 minutes in, and Brentford <laughs> equalized two minutes from time. Exactly. As as we all... And at this point, if you're a Villa fan and Villa have a 1-0 lead or a one-goal lead going into the final five minutes, you have to be terrified, right? Beyond terrified. <laughs> you, know it's, like, you know it's over. It just seems so inevitable. And like that forest, <laughs> going to forest. Yeah, because in, in that forest match, forest take the quick one nothing lead, Villa charge back with two goals in a matter of minutes, and they look to have the upper hand. And then they just bork it. The thing that annoyed me in that match was the fact that we ended it with four strikers on the pitch. Yeah. Um, Plus you know, that After you take that 2-1 lead, and it's clear that Forrest are pressing, why not throw on another midfielder? Why not throw on another defender? Why not? push everyone back or something. But yeah, no, you we just threw on yeah, another put on striker. A, put on Richards, put on Baker, put on Bakuna, put on Amavi, put on Yedinak. All of those guys were on the bench. Tell McCormick that he is now a, uh, a, centr- a center back. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. He's a big dude. He could clear up back there, I think. Yeah. Clatter some bodies. But, um, but yeah, it was it was another poor tactical decision, and you sort of point to it there. A poor tactical decision that sort of originates in the midfield. Yeah, and the poor tactical decisions regarding the midfield started in the summer in the transfer window when we vastly upgraded the striking options, but left the midfield at a significantly worse level. Yeah, I mean, you know, Tishbol is going to come good. He's he's good, and he's really young. Yeah, and uh, Gary Gardner may even come good, and Westwood is mostly fine, and yet an X okay, but. When you're only playing two midfielders, it's pretty easy to get overrun. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're always playing, we're always playing two like out and out wingers. In that Forest match, it was Grealish and Ayu were on the wings. Yeah, that's a pretty attacking. 
it just it's there's no way you can survive with a midfield like that. Yeah, it's just like trying to survive without a midfield. You may as well have been exactly. because how we ended it against Forest, it was like four one that was Westwood defensive mid and then Grealish attacking mid. So four one one four four strikers. Yeah. What? The barbell formation. <laughs> Yeah, for it's it's basically was barbells because it's like you only work out your biceps. It's like, oh, we're gonna score some some goals for the girls, and then just forget to uh, round it out with core, which would be actually defending and keeping that lead and taking three points. Right. You know, it just I I don't know the lack of the midfield is both systemic in the fact that we didn't buy the right players this summer or we didn't buy the depth we needed to, but it's also a tactical error because of, like what you said, there were midfield options on the bench that day against Forrest. Yeah, if I yeah. remember correctly, Yednak was still on the bench when yeah, he was. the final whistle blew. Yeah. And you could you can get away with sticking either Bakuna or Amavi, and if you had to put one of those in defensive midfield, that wouldn't be the worst situation ever. Yep, absolutely. They can pass, you know, it they can just, tackle. Yeah, so can, it's a combination just... of bad buys and bad tactics. God, my God, there were a lot of yellow cards in that game. <laughs> There's been a lot of yellow cards for Villa all season. Leandro Bakuna is already going to serve. There were 10 cards in the Forest match. Yeah, Bakuna is already going to serve a yellow card suspension. Eh, you know, get it out of the way early. I mean, that I, it's good that you brought that up because we lost Richie DeLate. Exactly. And that injury is, Delate did not look like a world beater, but given the fact that our other options are Leandro Bakuno and Alan Hutton, he felt like a world beater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and just... Scotland, Scotland International, Alan Hutton. But I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think you, can, you could stick Richards out wide, but yeah, I, I don't know. I wasn't, you look at Delate, he's played for like 12 clubs in 12 years, obviously. There's a reason for that, but I mean, there's obviously there a reason that clubs still keep taking a flyer on him, keep bringing him in because he can do a job. Yeah, he was he was showing defensively quite well, and his uh, help going forward was better than I expected. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely better than Hutton. But just like last year, right around the first month of the season or so, our new flashy wingback gets injured for the rest of the freaking season. Just basically dies. Yeah. Um... I'm just so freaking sick and tired of this BS injury luck that we have. Yeah. Just... You know, it's just the the kind of the... You just really feel like Villa are cursed. Yeah, absolutely. It's just... You know, every year we think, okay, well, the injuries can't be this bad this year because they were... <laughs> An anomaly last year, and every year the injury gods say, "Oh no, no, we it's can like, make it worse." But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> God, it, I'm so tired of it, and there's nothing to be done for it. That's the worst part. It's just frustrating. Yeah, um, I don't know, but this is a team that is could be on the cusp. I kind of see what RDM is trying to do without the midfield there. If we could just start actually getting some goals, we could overwhelm opponents. We could allow two or three a game, but score four. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that totally makes sense. If you can, if we can get three of these strikers on the pitch, any, and even three of, or four of these six, like Grealish, McCormick, Koja, Ayu, Justed, and Adoma, you know... That's that's a lot of firepower. 
Yeah, I don't think it's a sustainable strategy, but I could see how it might be able to be pulled off until January when we could add some midfield help. I think over the long haul it is actually sustainable because if you really are putting these clinical strikers in position and getting them to service, more often than not, they're they're going to score. And it's just uh, a few games where it's unlucky or you get a, a really good goalkeeper performance from the other side that you end up losing. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like if, if you're going to keep playing a crossing strategy, that's not high percentage. No, it really isn't. And, and we've demonstrated that. A lot this year. Yeah, and then when you only have two central and defensive-minded midfielders and wingers, you're probably set up to play a crossing game. Exactly. And it's... Part of it was the personnel we had. Part of it was what we bought. Part of it was... you. you we really overhauled the squad, but there wasn't... We couldn't have done anything more than that, really, you know? Yeah. You can't buy 25 the, new players. Yeah, and we're not getting the volume of crosses needed to overcome the... The percentages there. No, exactly. I um, don't know. <laughs> yeah, there there are some options. We didn't really get any any Twitter questions, but I did get one. I was talking to Gregory Michael at Rose City TID, um, and he suggested playing IU behind Jonathan Koja. And you know, I I like that. It's just something something new. You could try that out of like a four four one one. If you maybe you go. Grealish on the left wing and go Adoma on the right wing. And then you still have four pretty dedicated attacking players, but at least Ayu is a little further forward, doesn't have to worry about defending, really. Yeah, um, I like the idea because I think Ayu should be played a little more centrally. Yeah, I think he's yeah. getting lost out on those wings. And I, I was thinking maybe you go back to the diamond in midfield, put Grealish at the tip, and then you could put... Um, you could sit Yedinak as the deepest and play in front of him as the shuttlers, either Westwood and Tish or and Gardner, a combination of those three. Yeah, that certainly could be an improvement. I don't know then, at this you point. could go Koja, Koja Ayu dedicated strikers, and then you, you know, we're going <laughs> to, a striker is going to get injured soon, and we're going to have three. What about McCormick? Why do we keep forgetting McCormick exists? Because he's terrible in FIFA. I just don't like him. I'm already done with him because, I, I don't know. There's just something about I I already I, 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 I started my career not... mode with Villa, and I was like, I hate this squad. And in January, I sold McCormick. So just dead in the first window because they wouldn't let me sell the new players that we just bought. Surprise. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't <laughs> I'm done with these guys. Weirdly bought, enough, he's not garbage in real life, though. No, he's he's not. It's funny. Yeah, I don't know why I keep forgetting about him in real life, but because he's, I think he's someone who should be played more in the hole. I guess from what we from what we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I was shocked that Justed came on before him. It's kind of kind of the problem is with the strikers is that we have so many that you you just can't get them all on the pitch at once. We should have spent either the McCormick or the Koja money or something on a midfielder. Yeah, and but somewhere Alex and now we have is getting really angry. Yeah. Because he's been saying this all stinking year. Oh, no, ex- exactly. You know, like McCormick and Koja are fine. I was just mostly annoyed in the Doma, mostly annoyed because we need a central midfielder or an, a cam, you know. So I'm gonna play in the yeah. center. Like, a Doma's okay. We needed a wing or two, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, we're stuck with the squad. <laughs> Figure it out, Mateo. <laughs> Please. 
Get it sorted. Yeah, Tony, we're going to have to take you back to Rome. Tony's going to take you back to Rome, dude. What do you think of uh, all of the the early bird RDM out folks? <laughs> I just can't even care. You know, like, how? Whatever. You know, like, okay. We didn't <laughs> give we didn't give Remy. If we gave Remy the money that you gave Di Matteo, that would have been interesting, but there was no point yeah. to. I just I can't um, be bothered with manager out when he's a brand new manager with a brand new club, and we're brand new squad. Fifty percent month and a half new. into the season, we're like right. a fourth of the way through. Not yeah, even twenty percent. Our fans make me sometimes wish I got to listen to Newcastle fans. Oh boy, <laughs> it's not oh boy. true. It's just some not of the true. fans. Just RDM out. It's. So early for that. That's what I mean is like I'm just laughing because one, Tony's not going to make that change unless he is actually crazier than we than we thought. <laughs> um, I don't, but I don't, I don't think he'd pull Good the trigger. News, Sam Allardyce is available. Yeah, you know, um, he wasn't even the Sunderland manager last time. Villa won away, so that's encouraging heading into this this away match against Preston. Yeah. Um... Do you think we can win away? Is it possible? I mean, certainly. There, I mean, there are three in three outcomes from this game. Essentially, <laughs> they're they're all statistically equally likely. But anyway, all right, we'll get to that in a sec. We're going to rewind, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the fourth annual North American Villains Meetup. It was in Chicago this weekend, so. Like I was saying, we, we played that football game or played that soccer game on Friday night. Ian Taylor had just flew in, and eight of the guys went to, to O'Hare Airport and picked him up. And what, what position did Ian play in the pickup match? Uh, he was playing in the, in the center of the park. Yeah. And played, for, played the first half, played part of the second. I don't know when he went out, but he must have, must have been pretty tired. But... <laughs> Yeah, I was I was coming back that I got back from Germany that day as well, so I actually missed the team photo, but it's it's in the in the article from from Rick, the chairman of California Lions, his, his Snapchat that's pretty funny. Um so we ended up losing to the globe, but pretty late on in in the day we we're like, alright, we we need a goal, so with about 10 minutes left, we gradually were uh, sneaking um, additional players on for sort of a power play. So when we scored, the, I think there were about 15 of us on the pitch. It was great. We had a huge celebration. It was great. And then went went to the pub. One of the local breweries had brewed this Yippee Ale for us. Which, uh, tell me about it. Was it delicious? Yeah, I don't really remember. It was. I, only, I didn't drink a lot that day because I had to drive, but it was good. Yeah. God, I just want—I want a bottle of Yippee I Ale. <laughs> I don't know um, if I can. Get I mean, it, that's a great name to get it bottled. Yeah, yeah, and the tap handle was great. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, uh, let's see, eight people checked in on uh, Untapped to the Yippee I Ale. Was I one of them? I don't remember. Uh, like, oh but yeah, so so we we played Newcastle. We thought we'd scored. That was a huge celebration. Then it was offside, and it was sadness. But <laughs> we ended up scoring at the end eventually, so we didn't have to do the "Let's pretend we score." We scored a goal song. 
And when Villa actually equalized, uh, Taylor was leading the celebration. Yeah, he was. He was up on the table. That was <laughs> great. I don't know if if anyone saw my Snapchat. That was a blast. That's should awesome. save those videos. But yeah, there was a there was a freelance guy. I think he was from Chicago that AVTV had hired. So he was he made a or he shot the footage. AVTV edited it mm-hmm. and put something online. Nice. Um, so that was fun. And yeah, then after there's a big raffle and almost $6,200 is raised for acorns. Wow. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Did you get anything in the raffle? I did not. I only bought one ticket because I had to, I had to go to the Nebraska football game later that day. But so I wasn't, I didn't stick around for the karaoke, unfortunately, but there is a a photo of that in, (laughs) in the article. (laughs) Oh, and yeah, obviously next year's there will be one next year. The location hasn't been announced. Last year was San Diego. DC. The previous previous year I think was Thunder Bay, Ontario, and then 2012. Obviously, when it started, it was Chicago because that was when the um villa were here for that tour. But yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking DC. It it's due for an East Coast kind of you know after yeah. San Diego, Chicago. Yeah, we've got breweries here. I bet we could convince someone to brew a beer for us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, no, that sounds awesome. I was actually a little sad that there was no way I was going to be able to make it out to that. Yeah, no, it was definitely a blast. There were like like a hundred of us, I think, I want to say. Yeah. Um, And the Villa account kept retweeting you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I think, you know, that's, there's a lot of villains actually in the U.S., and maybe some some people don't know. There's really a lot of villains everywhere. I remember always a couple years ago, always seeing people from like Norway or something like coming down, yeah, for games or something. But it's great that the, that there's villa all over. Nice. And well, even I'm glad it was a good meetup, and I'm glad that the turnout was good too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we picked uh picked a TV game against Newcastle. Obviously, we had to wait because last year it was the opening day, mm-hmm. and a win against Bournemouth, but. No, not so lucky this time. Remember those days when we won one match? Yeah, God. Oh, oh boy. Well, oh. at least at least we didn't lose to Newcastle. <laughs> That's so, true. That would have been horrible. Yeah, that that would have been sad because like there were like five Newcastle fans there. Oh yeah, and like like Arsenal. It's Arsenal and Man City. They go to that bar too. So when Arsenal scored. We we're singing. Shall we, shall we sing a song for you? And like, you only sing when you're winning. <laughs> that's, that's always funny. That's pretty. But uh, yeah, so let's let's go back to that press and North End match and the Daniel Johnson Derby. I guess we, you could call it Daniel Johnson Derby. Fifty k. Like there are a lot of Villa fans who could have just purchased Daniel Johnson. Because the club sold them for 50 freaking K. I mean, can you imagine selling a player to a championship team for 50K? Oh, they were in League One then. Well, okay. Admittedly. Still. But. <laughs> I mean, that's good God. You know, you pay Mila Yedinak four-fifths of that in one week. You yep. know, you should never, like, like when Tony came in and was complaining about how they were going to sell Bennett for free, you know, that really shouldn't happen. He's yeah. right. He's right. He is. Players are much more valuable than that. Yeah. I mean, even if you end up wasting, it's just... And it's not like Daniel Johnson was someone who had, like, bombed out of the academy or something either. He was still playing. 
Yeah, we still never really had much of a chance. So yeah. I guess you're right. The Daniel Jones and Darby. <laughs> yeah, so both teams on 10 points. Villa <laughs> with that zero goal difference, one win, seven draws. No, what, eight? No, that's right. How do we have – we've lost two. We must have lost two. Yeah. My math isn't right. Yep. But one, one win, seven, and two. seven draws, two losses. Preston – 10 points in this in the same 10 games played minus four goal difference three wins a draw and six losses so you know I, I would much rather be in our position even though we're at this even if their goal difference was equivalent yeah you know you just have those those seven draws that you know you're close yeah and even and if we, you're close to losing a couple like Newcastle you're you're much closer to winning and it's it's got to start turning around but yeah it will be at Deepdale which I think is a pretty cool name for a stadium yeah, no kidding. Sounds like a uh, scene from The Hobbit or something. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Lord of the Rings. Like, like Helm, Helm's Deep. Exactly. Helm's Deep Dale. Yeah. So, I don't really have a lot of notes for this. But yeah, yeah Nordo, I, I, I've got nothing for this. I'm just... Saturday at 3 local time. Yeah, I can you imagine anything except a uh, draw? <laughs> Not really. Like, I mean, a... a I think Richard Yallop tweeted that he was like, can't see anything except Daniel Johnson not making Grealish in the 90th minute to score the winner. I was like, <laughs> yeah, but why would, if Grealish is back defending, can you really blame him? <laughs> like, I'd be more, much more worried if Elphick got injured, you know, whatever. But I, I could see something like that happen. Absolutely. Because um, just, I don't know. that would just be a Villa thing to happen. Let's go ahead and say 1-1. Uh, Villa score in the 61st and PNE score in the 90th. You know, I, th- I think we're going to just nail it and do a 3 0 and smash them. Wow. Wow. Why not? I'm impressed. I, I don't You're think right. I can be that confident. <laughs> Although, actually, I'm not going to be able to watch this match or listen or do anything because I will be working that morning. So. I was going to say, is anyone going to be able to watch this match? Yeah, well, someone will be able to cover it, but given the fact that I won't be around, we'll probably win 3 0. I, I just meant, is it going to be on TV? No, it is not, so far as I can tell. Yeah, could be worse. <laughs> could could be on TV and they could score 3 and stop it. I'm just waiting for that, us to be up 3 0 and then to, them to just score 3 <laughs> in, in like a 6 minutes of stoppage time. Yeah, it, at some point you just have to wonder can Villa draw out? Yeah, that's where you, and w- more importantly, would drawing out be enough for safety? Because, you know, Premier League, 30, 38 points, 38 mm-hmm. games, you're always going to survive. Yeah, well, I think 99%, it would be. But. Right now, our point-to-game pace is enough for safety. Yeah, it, it, it is, but I'm worried that it could it could end as third bottom. I'm not, I need to look more into historical championship finishes and um it's not worth your time we're not going to be relegated we are not going to be relegated i refuse to even contemplate that we shall not be moved yeah we will not be relegated yeah it's Um, not going to happen yeah and i don't know it should it's still it should be a fun game if we i guess we'll get to see the highlights but hoping hoping we get two strikers Go the solid, solid midfield, preferably a diamond in the middle, and any midfield in the middle would make me happy. 
Yeah. Just... I like I like the midfield with the players in it. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's a solid one. Good good option. <laughs> we haven't we haven't been doing that lately, so Nope. Three nil, that's what that's what I've gone for. Robert's gone for a one one draw. Um think that's it. So just wanna thank you for listening. Thank you for reading seventy five hundred to hold dot com, interacting with us on Twitter and actually final thought is that there's an international break right after this match. So Thank God. <laughs> Yeah, we just went on a little break. Maybe we will come back just right before the end of that international break for the next match. So, all right, Robert, it's been a been a good podcast. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah. So for my co-host Robert Lintot, I'm Jack Grimsey signing off. 